0: I'm here today with Mark Rauschmann of the BrauFactum Brewery from Frankfurt, Germany. Um, Mark, it's a real pleasure to chat with you today. Welcome to Toronto.
1: Yes, thank you too. It's a pleasure <laughs> for me being here.
0: Yes. So um, I thought I'd start by just asking you about BrauFactum: how you got, the, how the brewery started and how, um, how it came to be.
1: Yes, I personally started uh, years ago uh, as a home brewer, so I come from an area where we Uh, make cider and at home we make juices uh, at my family's house. Uh, So the next step was uh, making beer at home in the kitchen and a little bit later on the open fire with a copper kettle. Uh, And as I had a lot of fun doing that I decided to go to university and study brewing technology and um, yeah, I started a brewery in Germany uh, Radeberg Group and in 2010 um, with uh, a colleague I decided uh, to uh, create craft beer and uh, we were allowed in the company to, uh, yeah, to start with this crazy project mm-hmm. and uh, brewing craft beer in Germany. So by this the first uh, craft beer and the first IPA, the first ale, barley wine, all this stuff uh, this was 2010 now uh, yeah. seven years ago.
0: Yeah. So what was the craft beer scene like in Germany? Obviously the German beer industry has been around forever, uh, for hundreds of years. What was it like when you started making these kinds of beers in, the, uh, in Germany?
1: Yeah, uh, in 2010, um, of course, we already had uh, 1,400 breweries. Uh, most of them were very small, family-owned. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the breweries, especially the small breweries, Were and still are extremely traditional. So we brew the traditional German styles, and um, the same were the consumers. So the consumers uh, liked the German beers, and compared to other countries, uh, of course we already had a lot of different styles and uh, very tasteful styles. But uh, as I mentioned, very traditional German, just the German styles. Um, Though at the beginning it was very hard to. Uh, explain the consumers that we need anything else mm-hmm. except the uh, very good German beers. Right. <laughs> um, so we have to ex- still, we have to explain very, very much uh, the bitterness, the, the new styles, the barrel aging. Um, but more and more consumers uh, like to have beer beside the original German styles. Right. And beside that, it's a great chance for German specialities because as you know Pils is by distance the most popular style Mm -hmm. and uh, yes we already had specialities but together with the craft beer movement and with new international styles the original German styles become more and more famous too again
0: Mm -hmm. that's great Um, well we were fortunate to try six of your beers today um and five of which are going to be available uh, locally in Ontario. Um, Do you want to talk about the ones that we had, Um, just to give an overview of of, uh, the ones that that will be available in the province?
1: Yeah, sure. Love to do that. Um, Yeah. Um, I would say, at first, in general, we... Uh, took up international styles. Uh, we found when we traveled to other countries. I'm charged with the Be- well, beer cup, Kirdering beer festival, and I travel a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, I fell in love with the IPA and with the the way the flavor of the hop varieties come into the beer. So that was the reason why we, uh, from the very first beginning, we started to brew an IPA, and it's a, a German IPA because. We use German hop, the haller hor but it's a twist of German and American way of brewing. We have uh, this American style, and we use, together with the haller hor the American Citra from Yakima Valley. So we have the citrus character, and we have the more um, floral, herbal note from the, from the German hop. And uh, we have 50 bitter units, so it's not too bitter, but we get the character of the IPA good balanced multi body so it's a German IPA as it has an extremely well balanced body uh, and not too extreme bitter And um, then we have the pale ale, again it's a little bit of a German heritage as we use a new German hop variety called Polaris um, as the name says is a uh, hop that brings in a lot of um, freshness uh, peppermint peppermint, um, fresh herbs um, blossoms um, very refreshing um, pale ale then um, these were the two more international styles we had then we have a combination of a traditional German style together with the IPA, the wheat IPA um, the same strength as the the classic IPA we have 6.8% ABV. Uh, the typical German wheat beer flavors. It's uh, banana and clove, and we dry hop this beer with a um, with American uh, hop Cascade, because uh, we felt that the intensive fruitiness from the from the beer needs a very intensive hop. Um, So we have the banana and the clove, and from the hop we have the grapefruit, the citrusy. Both uh, both together make somehow a tropical flavor in the beer. Um, Good bitterness, but again, not too intensive. But for wheat beer, the bitterness is, uh, of course, much higher than than normally. Uh, Again, a good caramel, malty body, which balances the, the bitterness. So, um, then we have another very german style it's a it's a rook it's a smoked wheat beer, the same yeast uh, wheat yeast uh, again with banana and clove. Um, then we use just twenty percent of smoked malt, not to bring a too intensive smokiness into the beer, but to have this smoke character and uh, it's a dark smoked wheat ale, so we have the caramel notes, some roasted flavor notes, um, that means we have uh, three different flavors combined in this beer, it's the smokiness, the banana clove from the wheat yeast, uh, and the dark malt flavors, um, and this helps not to have uh, just a smoke beer, it's a very complex, um, again, very balanced uh, beer. And uh, li- we're a little bit proud that we have won our first medal at World Beer Cup in 2012 for this beer, what was the silver medal this year. Um, the last beer, what was the first beer today we had, uh, was our Saison. It's a uh, boot the first time two years ago. We thought, uh, beside all this uh, German and uh, US, UK beers, all the ales, it's... Um, good to have a Belgian style beer and um, I had a lot of uh, saisons, especially from Belgium and I fell in love with this style. Mm -hmm. Um, We use a very typical saison yeast. This yeast is very high fermenting though the beer is dry. reaches an ABV of 6.5% and uh, we dry hop this beer with new Australian hop variety Enigma, and the, the hop together uh, with the yeast gives the flavor a little bit com- comparable to the grape Sauvignon Blanc. We mm-hmm. have a green banana, green apple, um, myra Bell, little pepper notes, um, and good bitterness. So very refreshing, tasteful beer, um, but. Um, the freshness um, makes it maybe drink too much because that's <laughs> 6.5% ABV so you have to be careful sure and <laughs> I, as I mentioned the first brew had 9.5% ABV that's a strong one it was yeah. a very strong one <laughs> and we we had to reduce the ABV because uh, it's so drinkable and uh yeah. like to drink a lot of this beer yeah. <laughs> that's
0: great um, yeah I, like I like I said to you earlier I, I thought that all the beers I mean I, I really enjoyed them all I liked the story. I like the thought behind them that it, it was a, almost a combination of traditional German brewing culture, but mixed with sort of some of the more innovative ways of making beer that have, that's been seen in other countries. Yeah. Sort of blending it all together, which is uh, which is really which is um, really great. I, I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about something that you mentioned over lunch, which was you know the the amount of Consideration and time that goes into you developing a brand—that mm-hmm. it takes you, you takes quite a long time for you to mm-hmm. get it, get it to how, where you're happy with.
1: Yeah. So uh, we have always a l- lot of different styles in our innovation process. We brew that in the pilot plant, and on the other hand, we have uh, we take up every new hop we get, and uh, when we have a new style, we usually dry hop it with thirty something like that 30 different uh, hop varieties so when we when we start uh, and we have found a good hop to combine that then we take the beer to the first festivals Mm -hmm. and we give it to consumers and we get a feedback and uh, maybe even more important we see whether we like the beer over a whole day over a whole weekend and uh, whether at the end of the festival we still want to have uh, this beer because mostly the newest beer is the most um, the favorite beer for us it's like a new baby sure and uh, if you don't like it at the end of the festival weekend something is wrong so um, but this didn't happen before but (laughs) um, but we get our feedback the feedback from consumers and then we work on the recipe we work on the hops it takes normally 10 to 12 months to be ready with a new beer because uh you know, a boo fermentation takes uh, four weeks and we, we dry hop the beer another one, two weeks, maybe with different hops and uh, then we taste the beer, bring it to festivals two months, then the next batch and so it takes mm-hmm. time to to make the beer perfect and that's what we want. Of course it is possible to to bring a a few cacks uh to take them to a festival and to mm-hmm. to see what happens. But whenever we bottle a beer and uh, you know, I give my signature on the label. Uh, I want that this beer is perfect. Yeah, exactly. And it should fit to our philosophy. What means every style has to show the character of the style, but has to have a best quality, good drinkability. And uh, we work as long on the recipe as it needs to to have the perfect beer. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Yeah. Well, and it, and it shows with these beers. Um, I wanted to ask you something, and I don't think I had sort of consciously realized this, but the, the German purity law still governs all breweries in Germany. Um, do you find that to be limiting when you're making um, these kind of craft beers, or do you find it uh, you, you're okay working within that, with, within the, the law, and it's almost pushes you to, to be more innovative to make the beer within that yeah. framework?
1: Um, of course the beauty law is uh, it's very nice to have it because uh, it prevents German beer um, for yeah prevents German brewers for using a lot of things we don't need yeah. as a brewer yeah. what makes the brewing process cheaper yeah. uh, so we don't have that in yeah. Germany um, but when we, when we started the uh, brewers and even the brewers association thought that uh, dry hopping was not in a council purity law. Right. Mm. And two years after we started to brew dry hop beers, they announced that it's uh, it's allowed to do that. <laughs> and uh, this was the point when other brewers started to, to dry hop. Yeah. But before that, uh, the most of it's not allowed. And they didn't want uh, to come into conflict right. with the purity law. Um, we thought that it's, and we believe in that, we believe that it's very important to brew with natural ingredients. Mm-hmm. That means, and the beauty law, of course, uh, is very similar to that. But, uh, for example, I don't think that is uh, important or when you use the hop in that which step. So we thought that it's uh, also allowed. To use it in the fermenter and uh, this was before not a question of the Purity Law, it was more a question how people read the Purity Law Mm -hmm. and um, I even would think we should use the the meaning of the Purity Law for other ingredients and styles. For example, you know that uh, some big craft brewers, especially from the States, start to use um, not choosers they use uh, uh, they brew uh, uh, um, flavored uh, yep. craft beers mm-hmm. in my opinion it's not a kind of purity law because choosers are not allowed in the purity law but the meaning of the purity law is to use natural ingredients right. and uh, I think that craft beer means working with the pure ingredients, natural ingredients and show that as a brewer you are able to brew the best beers with natural ingredients, mm-hmm. and whenever you use uh, flavors or all the other stuff, yeah, it goes away. It's something is wrong. Yeah. It's and it's not. It's not. In my it's opinion, not it's not. Anymore. It's not yeah. craft. Um, and coming back to the to Germany and the purity law, and we have sixteen styles now. All. In accordance with the purity law without any other ingredients. Um, it shows that what is possible with uh, these four ingredients. And um, of course, I like uh, framboise, I like uh, wit beer, and nothing bad with the styles and uh, mm-hmm. um, other reason why we didn't brew them yet. But uh, the purity law brings you, uh, shows that the brewer is able to brew the different styles with just these four ingredients yeah. so.
0: well it's a test of your brewing ability yeah. right? Um, that's great I uh, I, I don't want to take up any more of your time but I would like to ask one more question and that's I'd, I'd like you to tell me again about the cooling system that you had when you first started brewing at your mom's house how you cooled your how you cooled your beer
1: ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when I, when I started home though uh, the first batch was uh, 20 liters this was not so complicated but the next uh, upscale was to 100 liters with a copper kettle on the on the f- open fire and uh, it's very difficult to cool that down mm. uh, and uh, i put it in my garden pond <laughs> uh, i put bricks on the bottom okay uh, and then i put that uh, on the bricks and stirred it a little bit yeah uh, uh, and cooled it down to a little bit more than 20 degrees centigrade.
0: Let the pond do its thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? It's funny. You talk about using natural ingredients. There's a natural method of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of cooling down the water. So, Okay. Well, Mark, it was great to chat with you. Uh, awesome sharing some beers today. And uh, hopefully um, everybody in Ontario can get to try uh, your great beer soon.
1: Yeah, hope so too. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah.